Tonight, we press play on the last seven days and unpack the week from the cheap seats with your hosts, Melon Bracewell and Tim McDonald. As we review the news with Mel Trasina, Titus O'Reilly. Joining us here at the desk is Dilruk Jayasinghe. Exactly. Of course, this week we all tuned into Channel 9 to hear from our leaders. Shadrach, the Portaloo Prince. Yes. Oh, been an uh, octopus. <laughs> when we say leaders. Well done to the Portaloo Prince. He's celebrating his porcelain jubilee. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> This is a big story, Mel. That was Shadrick Wall, the Portaloo Prince, and he does things his own way. 76-year-old Shad is certainly old school. Shad admits he hasn't been up to speed with current workplace safety rules. Maybe not up to speed. Who would have thought? Uh, the Portaloo Prince has been removing waste from film sets for 25 years and he's met some big names. Fond memories of brushes with movie stars. And Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Hang on, what did he do? He used to come out in my suck truck. <laughs> And the walkway goes to... Are you right? Yeah, yeah. everyone says Keanu Reeves is such a nice guy, but going out to someone's suck truck feels a little too far. (laughs) When we say Matrix Reloaded, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. Um, The Portaloo Prince... Are we still talking about the Portaloo Prince? The Portaloo Prince was one of two stories on Nine this week. This Portaloo Prince could be flushed. Will Shad lose his loops? Find out on Monday. But don't forget, we have the great debate between Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese tomorrow night. That came after the Portaloo Prince. Of course, Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese clashed in a fiery debate on 60 Minutes. A chance to hear the issues laid out clearly. The federal government... I think, I think, I think, I think, we're, get, I think we're getting more questions between... Excuse me, I think we're getting more questions between the two of you than our panel. What I love about that clip the is the clarity... I like that clip is that actually... I like the clarity we need a moderator. We need a moderator. Look, while the main leaders are arguing over everything, some candidates have reached consensus. Take Clive Palmer and his United Australia Party candidate, Andrew Robertson. It affects you right now. You're alive on the planet right now and you've got a right to be all you can be in our country. What do you think, Andrew? Is that... I, I agree. I completely agree. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's why you don't get a hype man from Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Pre-polling has opened across the country yesterday, Mel, with many voters having already made up their minds. Not all voters were so sure. Um, yeah, I'm still deciding, but it's getting pretty close. You're right at the door, mate. You've got about five seconds. Well, I've got a good quick mind. Okay, great. <laughs> got a good quick mind. <laughs> this election is all about the voters, and so news outlets across the country have been hitting the pavement to find out what serious issues matter to voters. I love him. Nothing better. Always very tasty. <laughs> Huge issue. Should uh, be visiting the Portaloo Prince in no time. <laughs> um, a big issue this election is cost of living and petrol prices. So Seven News spoke to an international fuel supply expert. It's $30 for what, like a quarter of a tank? It's not a vibe. <laughs> she described the Reserve Bank as being on fleek, so that is the official... Wow, cool 2019 reference, Tim. Uh... I, I did have to Google what that means. <laughs> um, with interest rates rising across... <laughs> that was on fleek, Tim. <laughs> that was not a vibe, that was not a vibe. With interest rates rising, households across the country are having to make some changes. I hope they wouldn't go up. It's big money. 
Um, so we'll be cutting back. So if my partner's listening, sorry. <laughs> and, and also, please come back. <laughs> well, one of the key seats this election, Mel, is Kooyong in Victoria, where Treasurer Josh Frydenberg is up against independent Dr Monique Ryan. The two came together in a big debate this week that had everyone watching. And our children's children. And Mr Frydenberg's government is being held to ransom by Barnaby Joyce. He said it was not a vibe. <laughs> I know what that means. Look, the debate was attended by lots of Kooyong locals. My name's Ron from Canterbury. That's Ron from Canterbury, Mel, and he's, in, he's a Kooyong local and he's concerned about local Kooyong issues. What's your policy on nuclear weapons? Nuclear weapons. <laughs> nuclear weapons. That is, that, that's Kim Ron-un, um, I believe. Josh Frydenberg, though, he did have an answer for Ron. Apparently nuclear weapons, hard rubbish. So that's where they go. That is where they go. Tough week for the opposition leader. What's his name? Anthony Albanese. That's the one. Yes, that's the one. Yep. Uh, there was an interesting moment at one of Anthony Albanese's press conferences. Our last term in government, we had the largest ever increase in pensions in Australian history. The largest ever increase in pensions. Hello, what's your name? <laughs> what? Oh, it's Grandinia. And he's here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Anthony Albanese, he has copped a bit of criticism this week, Mel, but he can still rely on the support of his team. We announce our policies. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we say support. Um, Anthony Albanese appeared on Q&A this week and well done to host David Spears, who managed to get his question in quick enough to claim Anthony's applause. In the bureaucracy at any time. And do you regard pork barrelling as corruption? Is, is pork barrelling corruption? Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Albanese has come under fire this week, but it's not just Albo. Ed Husick also faced some uncomfortable questions. Also forced to answer questions about a now-deleted Facebook post from Lions MP Brian Mitchell, in which he wrote the shadow industry minister appeared to be, quote, massaging boobies. OK. <laughs> <laughs> The newsreader just really wanted to say that. <laughs> well, the ARP held their campaign rally in Tasmania this week, Mel, and it got off to a great start. Wow, that's bright. Hi, everyone. Oh, I better get it ready, hadn't I? I'm very honoured. Local Labor candidate Ross Hart spoke and chose an odd word to emphasise with his glasses here. To our next Prime Minister, my friend Anthony Albanese, for joining us here today. Battleground. Across the country, candidates are trying to get voters to attend rallies and meetings. Mel, local candidate Stuart Brooker tried to entice voters with a big-name guest. There's the community meeting, so you've still got some time to get down here. Starts 7 o'clock sharp. Uh, Mark Hamill, the local councillor, will be here. <laughs> the Mark Hamill, yes, wow. and serving tea is... Beyonce Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when it comes to big names this election, nobody knows names like Barnaby Joyce. Throwing his support behind the CLP, the Deputy Prime Minister struggled to remember the Solomon candidate Tina McFarlane's name. Tina McPherson. Tina McPherson. <laughs> Look, Barnaby Joyce was out and about this week, Mel. He announced funding for a new dam this week 
and when you're not sure how to say something, sound it out. So we are going to pay for the whole of Hellsgate Dam, $5.4 billion. Dollars, two point one million megalitres. Right. <laughs> he failed NAPLAN. So it's been a big week for Barnaby, but so many issues this election, Mel. But only one candidate is asking the tough questions. Do you know how many how many um, volcanoes there are under the water? <laughs> well, world's worst trivia night. <laughs> Speaking of elections, over in the UK, they've just wrapped up local council elections across the country and one journalist was forced to make an apology. Peter, thanks very much. Um, I'm going to admit to you that I've just had a little bit of croissant. So, and I'm just finishing it and I'm ashamed to say that, but there you go. It's um, 20 to 6 in the morning. Um, I hope he doesn't cover the Danish elections because that could get a little bit... Sorry, I just had a bit of croissant on that one. Where did that croissant end up? My sack track. <laughs> I bet it did. We've got to take a break. Back with more in the cheat seat. And what a week it's been. And of course this week is the 40th anniversary of Hedgehog Awareness Week. Hedgehog Awareness Week. Of course. Um, we need an Awareness Week Awareness Week, yeah. just so we can keep up. I'm not sure about their awareness, considering it's been 40 years and this is the first I'm hearing of it. Um, but of course it was Mother's Day on Sunday. Some reporters went to a lot of effort to treat their mums. No matter your work schedule, there is no excuse for not telling your mum how much you love her. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a random woman. <laughs> Mind you, some reporters went to no effort. Hello. Happy Mother's Day, Mum. Oh, thanks, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jess. Some reporters decided to treat themselves instead. If you've left it a little late to get a restaurant booking on Mother's Day, there are other ways to say thanks to Mum, which I'm assured she'll enjoy. That's beautiful, Tina. <laughs> That's creepy, Tina, is what it is. Look, many mothers opted to head out to restaurants for the big day. There were roses for mum and seafood for lunch. For restaurants like this, their busiest day since the pandemic. Too busy to get a plate? What are we doing? <laughs> We're just pouring lobsters onto the table. Look, it was Adelaide's Jane Doyle that made the whole thing a bit weird. Well, that's all the news we have for now. I hope everybody has a wonderful time with their mums on the weekend and you can have a special time alone together. <laughs> special time alone together. Can we just go back to Jane Doyle for a second? Look, judging by your wardrobe, Mel, I think we know who had the special time together. <laughs> what are you doing? OK. Mother's Day gift idea was a personal video message from a celebrity. You can actually get a Mother's Day message recorded. There are certain athletes on there. A lot of the real housewives from that popular TV series are on there. You're not going to get Elton John, but you will get an Elton John impersonator. OK, great. Right. <laughs> Wonderful. And if you want to go really cheap, you can get an Elton John impersonator lookalike. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, though, Mel, no mum wants to hear from an Elton John impersonator. If you're going to pay for a celebrity message, Find someone truly A-list. I'm Rudy Giuliani. If you want to have a really nice conversation or a birthday greeting or just talk golf, go to the link 
below. Below. <laughs> he, looks, he looks like an obstacle at mini golf. <laughs> and you can't see it, but Mel is actually wearing those shorts as well. So they look great, Mel. But moving on, it's been a dramatic week of weather across the country. Channel 7 Gold Coast weatherman and friend of the show, Paul Burt, helped save a kid in trouble in the sea. It's weather time now with Bertie, but Bertie, there's just been a rescue where you are and you were involved. Uh, tell us yeah. what happened. Pictures behind us, you can see still the Ambos out there, but he was dragged out through the gutter. We raced out there. He's conscious, he's breathing, he's talking. He is fine. The kid is OK. Bertie did an amazing job. He saved that kid. He is all good. Yes, but Nat from Sunrise really wanted to get a joke out about it, but she quickly toned it back. Absolutely terrifying. Doing that. That's Bertie, isn't it? And, and it is. I know. But look at, every, look at everybody there, yeah. you know, wanting to help. That's just lovely. Very, really serious. I mean, otherwise we'd play the Baywatch music and... Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. It can be really serious. So. Yeah, it is serious, but I do very, very serious. We'd never do this. The, the second story on Sunrise to have a happy ending, though. So it is, it is good news. It is good news. Mind you, Mel, Paul Burt wasn't the only Channel 7 reporter putting his life at risk near the water. We're doing, of course, aquarobics at the moment. We will cross I'm back to aquarobics. I'm sure if that's aquarobics, they're just trying to get out. Yeah, good <laughs> Still, when it comes to reporters risking everything, no one does it better than this Indian news journalist. A tunnel was found near the Pakistan border, and he got right amongst the story. Right now I'm inside the terror tunnel that was detected by the BSF last evening here in Jammu and Kashmir. He, he doesn't want to come out, he's wearing Rudy Giuliani's shorts, so he's a bit embarrassed. Look, moving on, Mel, to another big story this week, and teachers in New South Wales went on strike demanding better pay. Look, their slogan was more than thanks, which is why there's probably one word you don't want to say. More than thanks. More than thanks. More than thanks. More than thanks. Thanks, colleagues. Thanks, colleagues. Now, everyone is talking about the election at the moment. I've been in Perth this week, getting up to date with local politics. Uh, may I introduce you to uh, Councillor Rod Bradley, who was not happy about an invoice being brought up right before a meeting, and he was very reasonable about it. Just a nonsense, a complete, absolute... Councillor Bradley, you've spoken to it already. Um, okay, Councillor Mack. Councillor Mack. Councillor Bradley, OK, I'm just going to stop you now, Councillor Bradley. <laughs> so he's not happy, he's banging on the desk and it wasn't enough of a protest to bang on the desk, so he found other means. Threat to switch off his mic, prompting his own threat to switch off the lights. Can you just turn off your mic, please? Because you're acting like a child. Guys, I'll turn the lights off, off and on. Where's my switch? <laughs> he managed to find his switch and follow up on his threat. And so began a disco display. <laughs> well, over on the ABC, Mel, they've moved on from the election altogether. They've moved on to this. Lexi the driving dog lives on a sheep farm out near Hamilton. <laughs> A driving dog. We may need Paul Burt to rescue this secret. <laughs> what are we doing? That is Lexi, the, the driving dog, Mel, and her owner's enthusiasm is electric. Driving down the laneway the other day, just moving a mob of sheep. I thought, now's the time I could, you know, teach a dog to drive, because that's how I learned to drive. <laughs> she also learned to catch a frisbee in his mouth. OK, great. <laughs> Apparently he's got two hedgehogs working the pedals, so that's how it works. But what more is there to say? I thought, geez, we've got that much time, might as well... Give Lexi a go, there's no reason she can't do it, just because she's a dog. <laughs> I feel like you've named one good reason. <laughs> 
wasn't the only animal news this week. A rogue pig caused chaos at Redcliffe when it invaded a soccer pitch. As rangers closed in, there was a moment of calm before this boar went ham. <laughs> they, did, they did eventually manage to capture the pig. Just evading everyone. The hog was herded into a gate, but success was short-lived. <laughs> Operation Sovereign Borders goes from strength to strength. <laughs> Look, they found out a bit more about the pig. It's understood the elusive pig has been on the run for days. Mm, and what happened to that pig in the end? I love him. Nothing better. We don't have to take a break because normally at this point of the show you do your segment across the ditch. I, I don't know why we bring it up. It's, you know, there's not much happening in New Zealand. There's no reason why. It just you know, we don't need to do it this week. It's fine. Is there anything ever happening in New Zealand as a general? <laughs> we normally do across the ditch your weekly roundup of Kiwi news, Mel, but I think we're not doing it this week because we've received some feedback. It's time to head across the ditch. Across the ditch no. from her homeland. I'm not sure if anyone in Australia gives a shit. <laughs> no one gives a shit. That is what I am staging a protest. No, 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 no. Captain the original showbiz soap opera. Everyone's favourite blonde duo. Chris Jenner. Guy Sebastian. Paris Hilton. It's got the glitz. Gala glamour. Royalty just walked in. Meet the king. Anyone got an accordion? That's a great question. Just dig straight yeah. in. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's time to get all the latest showbiz news, and who better to do that than our regular cultural correspondent from Nova FM? It's Mel Tracina! <laughs> to see you, Mel. What have you been watching this week? Okay, let's start with one of my favourite TV shows, The Circle on Netflix. It's a social media reality show where contestants live separately in apartments and can only interact through a social media app called The Circle. The contestants set up their profiles and they either play as themselves or a catfish, someone completely different. Here are a couple of my favourite contestants. I'm John. I'm 24 years old. I'm a social media content creator from New Jersey. I am as Italian as it possibly gets. I got a tattoo of St. Anthony on my chest. Grew up in the same hometown as The Sopranos was filmed in. I've literally grown up in a bowl of sauce. Just <laughs> That is literally not possible. Yeah. I feel like in the circle we've met the square. <laughs> uh, there's also Alyssa. And then this is very important because this is the Volvo pillow. And it actually matches so well. <gasps> she looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I think she's getting ready to send some nudes to the contestants. <laughs> Uh, the show is in its fourth season and they've brought in two celebrity contestants, Emma Bunton and Melanie uh, Brown, a.k.a. Baby and Scary Spice, uh, for moments like this, the guys fighting over a cake they made. I feel deflated. Look at the effort we put into it. We nearly had a lover's tiff. I know. In the middle of it with you and your bloody... Well, I didn't argue with you. You were just having a breakdown about the cream. You were being so bossy. No, it wasn't. You were saying there's nothing left. Oh, should I put... nothing left. And I'm getting closure on why the band broke up, so okay. it's really good. You can watch the full debate on 60 Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. 
Uh, last year, I bought you guys Below Deck Mediterranean. It's a reality series about workers aboard some of the world's fanciest mega yachts. And now an Australian version has been made with Below Deck Down Under. And just like past seasons, only the most nautically experienced are on board. In my past, I've been a lifeguard, I've been a security officer, I've been a police officer, I've, I've been a topless waiter. <laughs> I mean, wow. how do you think Tim got his job? <laughs> It's why we couldn't we couldn't have a New Zealand version because below deck um, <laughs> a whole different show. Um. <laughs> uh, so we met a raft of new crew members, including boat steward Magda, who went into her cultural origins. I like to dance. I like to hug. I'm Latina, so I just wanted fun. <laughs> Are you Latina? No, I'm just inside. Just like very deep inside. <laughs> Turns out the hips can lie. <laughs> she is Latina. She grew up in a bowl of chimichurri. So she, is, she might be. Uh, we also met Captain Jason, and Magda explained why he was a good fit for the boat. God, Jesus. We've got a pretty busy season ahead of us, which is going to be fantastic. He is so handsome. <laughs> But don't worry, I'm sure Jason's a very capable captain and didn't have any hiccups back in 2019. The 46-metre super yacht made a dramatic entrance. We uh, did what we're supposed to train to, collision, so we shut down all engines, uh, dropped an anchor. He got his dog named Lexi to take over for Jason. <laughs> uh, you know, I love a reality dating series. Only 57 more sleeps until The Bachelor returns. Thank you very much. Does that include the sleeps when the series is on? <laughs> uh, I've stumbled across a series called First Dates Australia. It's actually a repeat, or as we like to say here on 10, an encore presentation. But I'm totally hooked. This week we met 27-year-old Kyla. So what is your type? Uh, like short, Middle Eastern looking. Okay. Yeah, like tattoos. Okay. So she's basically going home with a bartender. Someone who's grown up in a bowl of hummus. <laughs> I've got a million condiments. Now Kyla is getting paired with Tony. So I've been single since I was like 18. Anyone like to guess why? <laughs> Young, but he's a bit of a charmer. They've got nice eyes. Thank you, so do you. Yeah, that's are, they like, are they green? Yeah, green. Sometimes they go brown because they change. Yeah. So. You have very nice teeth. Oh, that's I like your teeth. <laughs> and he's single. <laughs> uh, let's talk films and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is still number one at the Australian box office. I'm so sorry. I just. <laughs> <laughs> to talk films, Mel, if you don't want to. That's all right. It's in my job description. I have to. Um, OK, let's talk films again. <laughs> don't, don't ask to talk films. <laughs> no, I got it. OK. <clears throat> let's talk films. Do we have and... to? <laughs> there is a universe where we're nailing this. <laughs> Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is still number one at the Australian box office. Well, it was when this started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us 
Tell us about the film. I haven't seen it. I was watching First Date, so... <laughs> you haven't seen it. Uh, but I did see this discussion on New Zealand TV of just how hot Benedict Cumberbatch is. He's always an endearing sort of person to watch on screen. I wouldn't mind oh, a few, um, few minutes in his multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we talk films. <laughs> This week we saw the world premiere of Top Gun 2. The event was held on an aircraft carrier in San Diego. Approaching the USS Midway right now. Guys, Tom Cruise is approaching in a helicopter. Here he comes. Take a look. The best entrance I've ever seen at a red carpet. Tom Cruise in a helicopter. <laughs> Heading in the wrong direction. Out to sea. Uh, now, just finally, as you mentioned earlier, our show popped up on Gogglebox this week with clips like this. From Nova FM, Mel Tresina! Hi, Mel! Yasu! She's so cute. Do <laughs> <laughs> we play it again? No, we, we don't have time. Interestingly, those two grow up in a bowl of satsuki. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. I believe. <laughs> Uh, watching the goggle boxes, watching us, it's so meta. Anyway, you realise there's a certain demographic we may never quite reach. Is all the show we have for now. What was that all about? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's my week in arts and entertainment. Would thank you, you please thank Mel Tresina! It's time for Sport Talk and joining us at the desk with all the latest action, would you please welcome Mr. Tyson Woodward! What an intro! Oh, yeah, I just get amped up, you, you know? Do. very amped. Gets better every week. Well, uh, the NBL Grand Final's on at the moment, the series is on, and the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, they've made the Grand Final in their first season and has it got the NBL pundits excited. And play good basketball, and they believe in themselves, they believe in the coach, and the city is going mad. You wouldn't know them if they stood up in your wheat bix right. <laughs> 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 I reckon you would. I think it seems like seamless product integration. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, the Miami GP was on the weekend and it wasn't allowed to go around Miami Harbour. They said, you can't do it. So they built this fake one here. That's all fake. They've got boats. They've got everything. And it led to scenes like this. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's doing backstroke or having a stroke, but... Uh... It's just good to see Cody Simpson stick with it, isn't it? <laughs> he will get there. Interestingly, a fake marina, but the guy from Below Deck still crashed his boat into it. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, now, we know F1, incredibly dangerous sport, and Carlos Sainz found out this weekend how dangerous it can be. Here he is, just coming into the track. Oh! He should be wearing his helmet when not in the car. <laughs> Here's the aftermath. They actually show this. He oh, my God. Yeah. Well, he's from an Italian team, so it's either blood or sauce. We don't know. <laughs> we do not know. Not good. Now for a concussion test. Name your 18 sponsors. <laughs> uh, no Grand Prix would be complete without Martin Brundle delivering some awkward interviews. Patrick, how are you? Good, good to see you. What is your name, sir? Harlow, Bancaro. Right, okay. Well, I thought I was talking to somebody else. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Whatever. Well, what is your name, sir? Gianluca Vacchi. Okay, well, I'm sorry I didn't know, but I'm really pleased to have met you. 
went well. What do you think of this event here in Miami? Oh, we love having Lewis and all the drivers in Miami, so wishing them luck. It's the first time of many. Hey. Oh, what's the question? <laughs> no, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Normally there's sort of chemistry, you have to go on a date with me. Um, the Kentucky Derby was won on the weekend by Rich Strike. So this horse was an 80 to 1 long shot and it only got in the race because another horse pulled out on the Friday and here it is winning. Now in Australia, this was a 250 to 1 long shot if you actually put money on it, which are kids. You can't lose money on horse did racing. That's all I've got the, to say. Did you say the horse pulled out? I don't think they know that they can pull out. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was double booked, was it? No. <laughs> uh, now, perhaps no one was more surprised than the daughter of the owner. I literally told my friends, I hope he doesn't finish last. We're praying for ninth. Like, please, midfield. I lost him during the race. I said, I don't know where he is. And it's because he was at the front. He won. <laughs> Real sort of drunk 21st speech vibes there. Just good to see Martin Brundle find someone he knows. <laughs> uh, International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach made a flying visit to Brisbane to check on preparations for the 2032 Olympic Games and he showed off his fencing ability on the visit. President of the International Olympic Committee, perhaps not quite as fleet-footed now as he was in his heyday. <laughs> Uh, didn't, didn't he actually win his medal in fencing? He did, yeah, a long time, a long time ago. Uh, to cricket and the Indian Premier League gave us this wonderful bit of fielding. Fields it, drops it, throws it into his foot, and luckily he recovers here. Oh no, he doesn't. He is, he is the new IOC president, though, so that is good news. Can I share this story that I saw on Nine News, Titus, about the Waganya Football Club? In the days leading up to the clash with top-of-the-ladder side Beechworth, 22 players were struck down with COVID. That's right, they had 22 players catch COVID. And how did that happen? It all started last weekend when the club hosted a wild, wild West night. <laughs> The virus swept through. <laughs> and apparently the bull got mad cow disease. <laughs> the, ga the game went ahead anyway and the Lions put on a great performance. The Lions just had the biggest loss in club history. The scoreboard showed a staggering 430-point <laughs> loss. In, in fairness, they were kicking against a 430-point breeze, so <laughs> it was tough. Uh, now, there's nothing better than meeting your sporting heroes, and it's even better when they give you a special gift to remember the moment. He's no longer in Cardinal and Myrtle, but fans were still lining up to see one of their favourite sons return. Oh. Oh, and I'll be giving some of my socks to the audience straight after this segment. <laughs> and in soccer, enjoy this Roma fan abusing a busload of Leicester fans. <laughs> and on that note, we've got to take a break. Would you please thank Charles Very special guest. We last saw him doing things like this. When I cook, I have to follow a recipe to the tea. One teaspoon of salt. Dilruk, did you just measure salt? Mate, don't, don't, 
be like that. I'm just asking. Don't be like that. Yes, I just did. And also, I just burnt my coconut because I was too busy measuring salt. <laughs> Would you please welcome back comedian, chef, and friend of the show, Dilruk Jaya Singer. After, I think it was your first ever live in studio guest. Yes, and you're back a year later. Did you miss us? I know. Well, I'm surprised you're still on air. So, <laughs> really, just, I'm honoured to be back. Well, we're honoured to have you back, Dill. You're a friend of the show. We love you. But you've been through a bit of uh, the wars of late. It mm. is National Heart Week, and I believe that you suffered a shock heart attack. I did. I know. I had a heart attack about exactly four weeks ago. Uh, and when, when we asked you to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw your ratings, I was like, whoa, well, this is amazing. And, uh, no, I, I did. And it's weird because obviously as a comedian, you know, it's, you've been to have like a light take on it, but I think it's still too fresh in my mind. Uh, but I do feel like, you know, I'm glad I have this opportunity to tell people because I went in with such a small pain. It was just in my left arm and in my chest and I just happened to get it checked out. Uh, and turns out there was like an 80% block and they cleared it using a suck truck. <laughs> really wonderful what they can do in technology these days. We've got a picture from you at the uh, yeah. hospital. Is that garlic bread? No. <laughs> I was going to say, I put two and two together. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. So the doctor said, look, it, look, it looks like you've had a heart attack. Tomorrow we're going to do a procedure so you can have whatever you want. So I went with two cheese, uh, Philly cheesesteaks, two of them, because I figured it's kind of like if you're doing refurbishing on a kitchen, just take a sledgehammer to the pipes, yeah. just go nuts with it. One chili, chili cheesesteak for each ventricle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you doing now? How I'm okay, like ma mainly, mainly physically better, just mentally I think I was still a bit rattled at the moment, but I'll, I'll get there. And you know what, there's just... Even the doctor, as they were sort of, you know, laying all this information on me as to what I need to do and all the, 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 the medication and all that, and he goes, any questions? And my first question was, can I still go to the Grand Prix? And I think <laughs> you will understand more than anyone else. Well, perhaps. I'm a big F1 fan, but I know you're an F1 fan, Dill, and you were at the race on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, I think it was worth, all that hard stuff was worth it as long as I got this moment. hero of the Netflix dark girl. If you've you know? seen Drive to Survive on Netflix, that's Gunter Steiner. He's one of the heroes. And for him to wave at you in your hospital bed. What a lovely touch. <laughs> well, we're glad, we're glad you're feeling better, Dill. It's great to have you here. You've been keeping an eye on the news? Well, to be honest, between the heart attack and between the, you know, the economic and political turmoil back in Sri Lanka, which is getting to a fever pitch, I'm honestly, like, exiting from the news. I get WhatsApp messages from mum and dad making sure they're safe. And the rest, I'm just seeing what's happening on TikTok and just <laughs> distracting myself with that because the real doom and gloom is too painful. Thanks, I... thanks for keeping it light. <laughs> <laughs> so heart attacks and economic turmoil. That's what I'm here to talk about. But I think one of the things that's been tickling me these days is there's a Sprite challenge that's going around on TikTok. I'm not doing that. Nah, you're making me feel sick. They just keep coming. The challenge right. is to try and not burp and just see what happens to this next person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to bring the highbrow humour of this show down. I think there's a sweet spot, Dil. <laughs> well, you, speaking of viral videos, you had a video of your own go viral recently. Yeah, I did. I posted a bit of my stand-up from this year's Melbourne Comedy Festival show, um, the, the All-Star show, 
that three weeks ago I posted it, it's already got over 2.1 million views, which felt good. And then, because uh, I don't read comments, but someone said, oh, you better avoid the comments. And so, of course, I went and looked. Turns out it's kicking off. It's because of this line. I came across racism on Tinder. This girl's profile, her biography said, hey, don't bother liking my profile if you are Indian or Chinese. And I saw that and I was like, fuck, I'm Sri Lankan, I'm fine. <laughs> So, so in the thing, in the video, I call a name as saying that she's being racist, but apparently that's like kicked every, a whole debate off as to whether it's racist if, you're, if you've got a preference. And I think my issue is like, yeah, you can have a preference to a particular country or race or whatever, but just putting it explicitly out there, it seems a bit racist, especially because she goes on to say that she doesn't want Indians and Chinese peoples because, because she's not into curry or kebabs, which is really, I mean, just inaccurate for starters, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's the main issue. But also, yeah. I did look at some of the comments and as aggressive and it's kicking off. And by the way, I've got new, about 10,000 new followers, so keep kicking it off. I'm fine with that. <laughs> but one comment did make me chuckle. This guy who hated me from India, by the way, he's going, people have a type and that's not racist and you're not attractive anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, evidence. It's great to have you here, Dill. Heart attack, stress, racism. This isn't Q&A, but it's been wonderful <laughs> to have you here. But you've moved on from Tinder now, Dill. Mm. Apparently you're in a new relationship. I am in a new relationship and with the lovely Maddie. Uh, but we've just moved in together about a month ago. And I'm, I'm aware both of you have had uh, long-term relationships. Uh, I mean, surprised you have. And <laughs> I, I do appreciate it. But I am actually here asking for some advice because I think uh, we're just into couple lifestyles and there's certain things that we disagree on. The the little ones, like for example, when you go to a hotel room, Maddie loves to make sure that the place is clean. And I'm always like, no, no, we've paid for cleaners to clean up the dishes right. and stuff like that. She makes sure that everything is arranged. Am I, I being unreasonable? I don't bring my, my partner to the hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Mel and Jane Doyle having some <laughs> special time. <laughs> One of the ones that I, I find, I think it's quite adorable because she works as a waitress for so long. So whenever we go to a, like a restaurant, she'll eat quicker than me and she just starts stacking the plates up straight away. Oh, wow. That is a really cute thing to do to help the staff out. But it's because I haven't finished yet. It feels like I'm getting rushed. I think she's yeah. trying to help your heart out. Yeah. Too. Well, <laughs> but here's the thing. Don't you think it's a bit like, again, I, I, her reason was like, hey, look, I finished up here, but you just take your time. I'm just cleaning the mess on my side. It's no big deal. And I was like, well, if that's the policy, then fine. We feel having sex. I'm going to be like, I finished up here. Uh, you take your time. I'm just cleaning the mess on my side. It's no big deal. And I think, I think we're going to finish up there. <laughs> Dill Rock will be in Perth next weekend and then heads off to Brisbane for the Comedy Festival. For more details and dates, head to comedy.com.au. Would you please thank Dill Rock Giles. See ya! <laughs>
As I said, I'm Tim Jerome. Yes. <laughs> I think he writes the ads for Power Power. <laughs> that is independent candidate for the seat of White Bay, Tim Jerome. Well, we're pleased to say Tim Jerome got in touch with us Whoa. during the week. Thanks, Mel and Tim, for having me on the show. Hey. Don't forget the name, Tim Jerome. <laughs> Have you forgotten? Tim Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he couldn't miss the opportunity to sing his favourite song. Forget the name, Tim Jerome. Tim Jerome. We love you, Tim Jerome. He's a big friend of the show. And Tim Jerome's campaign, Mel, has really taken off. This article popped up during the week. Candidate thrilled with national exposure. Yes, um, we've got some of the article here. Speaking with Gimpy today, um, Mr Jerome said he thought the nationwide exposure was excellent. Um, he said he had an opportunity to speak with host Mel and Tim recently who said he seemed impressed with my views. Impressed with his we, views? We never spoke with him. <laughs> but if we did, yeah. it's not just enough to agree with someone's views, but we're really impressed with those views. <laughs> Well done, Tim Jerome. Thank you for the video. Look, there are many ways to judge the success of a campaign this election, Mel. There's news poll, Ipsos, focus groups, but Catter Australia Party candidate Kieran Patterson has another way. You know, people even um, grabbing a pamphlet off, off the other candidates here as well, but then walking out and giving you a bit of a wink as they go by, so it does give you a bit of a confidence boost. <laughs> They're voting for other candidates. They're also doing it with a smile. Um... They're impressed with his views. <laughs> Look, this election, Mel, it's been dominated by people trying to remember basic facts, policies, the cash rates. But I love this expert on Channel 10 who had to check her notes just to see what her co-presenter's name was. I'm joined at the desk by finance reporter Gillian Bowen. Gillian, it's a big day for mortgage holders. Paris, it is a big day. <laughs> it is a big day. Well, now as Peter Overton went one better, Mel, having to check his own notes to see what his own name was. Thank you, Amber. That is Nine News for this Wednesday. I'm Peter Overton. <laughs> He's Peter Overton. Well, that's all we've got for you tonight. I'm Melanie Bracewell. <laughs> and I'm Tim Cashman. That's not nice. <laughs> Wait, what is your name? Don't forget the name, Tim Jerome. That's it. We'll see you next week right here on the TV.